This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show and that is of course Dave Datman Roberts. Hi Dave. Hello, how are you? I am in a spectacularly good mood Dave, how are you? We're all shiny, happy people this week, aren't we? We most definitely are. What a night at Turf Moor, listeners. We are recording this week's preview show. It is actually Friday night. We are recording live on Friday night for once, um, going to um, – I was obviously being at the Turf um, last night. Um, Dave, I, if this is the new chapter in, in Burnley's history, it's got off to a very good start. It was a good win, yeah. Excellent uh, three points. Um, comfortable win in the end. I didn't feel too uh, no. under pressure at any point during that second half. I think the, the second goal uh, just before half-time helped. Um, we obviously had another goal disallowed in the second half. We weren't quite as uh, rampant in the second half as we were in the first. We did enough in that uh, first 45 minutes and got our noses in front, got two goals in front. And uh, they never really looked like getting back in the game. Nick Pope made a couple of saves but uh, I think uh, Fraser Forster made uh, a lot more saves mm. he was uh, probably their their man of the match um and yeah well deserved in the end yeah definitely I think that's that's definitely my summary of it as well I didn't feel nervous at any point and it I very much compare that to some of our games critical games against some of our other relegation rivals um particularly where we've not really been at the races and we have looked scared. We've looked like we were a team down in it. Last night, it felt like we were on the beach, Dave. It just felt like we were playing out the end of season when we'd been safe for two or three games. It was uh, it was absolutely brilliant. We hear quite a lot um, the players and the manager talking about freedom and talking about sort of like being able to go and express themselves. There certainly seems to be some underlying suggestions doesn't it perhaps the shackles were very much on under Daesh before he left um fairly or unfairly because that rigid football style has been very successful for a lot of years but you can't help but notice a lot of these freedom talks from players can't you 
Um, yeah, that was mentioned once or twice. I mean, we've got to bear in mind it is just one one win. We need quite a few more wins if we're going to get ourselves uh, out of it. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a good start and we just need to try and build on that uh, for this Sunday's game. It's another opportunity. Wolves are another potentially beatable team. They've got a, mm. a decent record, but um, yeah, another one we could possibly win. Definitely, and significantly, Dave, as well, from a psychological perspective, if we win this weekend, um, we get out of the relegation zone for the first time in a long, long time. I think a draw would do that. If actually, yeah, that's, yeah. that's for sure. Well, no, we, we play before they do, don't we? Yes. Um. So, yeah, even a draw takes us out of there, but yeah. um, it puts a massive amount of, of pressure on Everton. So I think we have to take this opportunity this weekend and we have to try and get three points. I don't think... You know, a point's great. It does get us out there, but it would be very, very good to get two points clear of of, um, of Everton. It really would do. Um, You're not we calling are... it another must-win, are you? Yeah. Uh, oh, am I, Dave? <laughs> do you know what? Let's have a think about that when we come to preview the show later on. Uh, before we get to that, we're jumping ahead of ourselves slightly here. We do, of course, have a small matter of a quiz question, which we need to give you an answer to. We set you a question before that West Ham game in our preview show for West Ham. Um, and Dave, you asked our listeners, Burnley won a total of 149 matches in all competitions during Sean Dyche's time as a manager. But how many of those victories were 1-0 wins? What was the answer and did any of our listeners get it right? Well, the correct answer was 47 of those 149 uh, wins were by a scoreline of of 1-0. That's either uh, home or away. In actual fact, 30 of them were at home. They were at Turf Moor. And there were 17 away from home, so a total of 47. Uh, interestingly, Burnley also lost 45 games at uh, 1-0 during Sean Dyche's uh, nine and a half years in charge. And there were also 39 0-0 draws. Wow. Uh, interestingly, no one got it spot on. Uh, but the prize for the closest guess, well, there's no prize, the... the, uh, uh, the, the the, the satisfaction of being the, the closest goes to uh, Andrew Blythe, who guessed 44, so he was just three out. Andrew Although, B- having said that, John Robertson did guess 30, which was the uh, number of just the home wins, but we were after the combined number of total 1-0 wins, which was 47. Yes, therefore, John Robertson's guess was incorrect. Um, Andrew Blythe, a uh, friend of the show as well, so nice to see him getting a, a winner in there. Um, well, I didn't even I didn't even guess, so you were all better than I was. Um well you don't need to li- you don't need to wait very long now, listeners, before you get another crack at a quiz question. All you need to do is hang around until the end of the show. So do not go anywhere and we will set you this week's quiz question right after the preview. Premier League head to head. Okay, well let's start with this preview then, shall we, Dave? We are of course playing another Critical game in Burnley's survival hopes. Wolverhampton Wanderers at home, Sunday the 24th of April. It's a 2pm kickoff, not broadcast live on TV anywhere in the UK. Why don't you kick us off with the history of this fixture, please, starting with Premier League meetings. Yeah, well, Wolves have faced Burnley in four of our previous seven Premier League seasons, uh, meaning that this will be their fifth visit to Turf Moor for a Premier League match. Uh, For many years, from the 1970s into the current millennium, Wolves were very much a bogey side, and many of our listeners may recall that they had an astonishingly good record, including at Turf Moor. However, we did pick up a few wins prior to Sean Dyche taking over as manager, and generally, 
uh, we've had a good record against them during his time in charge. Uh, Burnley have won two, uh, we've drawn one and lost one of those four previous Premier League meetings between the two teams at Turf Moor. The only Burnley defeat, <clears throat> that was in uh, March 2010, uh, that was our first Premier League season, uh, that followed the mid-season departure of the manager and just about his entire backroom staff, uh, which left the club in a challenging predicament in our first Premier League campaign. Um, that match was a, a 2-1 defeat. Uh, since then, in the top flight, there's also been one draw and two Burnley home wins. Uh, the draw was by a 1-1 scoreline. That was in July 2020 during Project Restart. Uh, meanwhile, the two wins include a 2-1 victory, uh, that was in a behind closed door ma- behind closed doors match. Uh, that was in December 2020, and the other win comes from the 2018-19 season and is the subject of our memory match. Yeah. Memory match. So why don't you stop teasing us then, Dave, and move straight on to that memory match, please? What have you picked for this one? Right, well, yes, we can bring you details of that other Premier League home win over Wolves, which was a match which took place at the end of March 2019. Uh, The managers were Sean Dyche for Burnley and Nuno Espirito Santo for Wolves. Uh, Here are the key match events. After two minutes, uh, Burnley took an early lead. Uh, Dwight McNeil's floated free kick was controlled by Chris Wood in the six-yard box and his shot eventually went in by the post and then a touch off Connor Cody. Uh, Because of the way it went in, that was credited as an own goal to the Wolves player. Um, It stayed that way for quite a while until the second half, uh, 77 minutes. uh, James Tarkovsky headed on to Dwight McNeil, who advanced into the box before shooting between two defenders into the bottom corner. And a delighted Turf Moor got another look at the trademark Dwight McNeil goal celebration. He was on a bit of a, um, a a really good spell of scoring and assisting for goals around that time. We were starting to mm. see what he was uh, capable of. Uh, that second goal was just what we needed. Wolves had started to creep back into the game. Uh, but the second goal uh, led the way to yet another victory in the much improved second half of the season which has started to look rather dicey after we'd lost 5-1 at home to Everton on Boxing Day. But we did recover it in the second half. Um, This was also, interestingly, it was Sean Dyche's 300th match as Burnley manager. And the score was exactly the same against the same opponents as for his very first match in charge, which was back in November 2012. Uh, As we know, there'll be no Sean Dyche at Turf Moor this time. But what would we give for another similar scoreline this Sunday to build on the excellent win against Southampton on Thursday evening. Yeah, we certainly would love that. On this day! Um, Next up then, Dave, it's our On This Day feature, where we look at past matches played on the same date as this one. Uh, Yeah, Burnley have won more games than they've lost on the uh, 24th of April. That's always a good start. Uh, We've had nine victories from 22 previous matches on this date. Uh, There were no Burnley wins in any of the first four matches on this date. Uh, All were played away from Turf Moor. Uh, In 1897, we drew 1-1 at Notts County in a test match. Uh, That was a forerunner of the playoffs. But as we mentioned last time, the series of matches was unsuccessful and Burnley were relegated from the first division for the first time in the club's history. Uh, In 1909, we lost 3-2 at Hull City and there was a goalless draw at Hillsborough against the Wednesday, as they were then known in 1915. 
Uh, there followed a 2-2 draw. That was against Everton at Goodison Park in 1920. So the first win on this date was at the fifth attempt and was another away game uh, as we beat Spurs 2-0 at White Hart Lane. Andy McCluggage and George Beale scored Burnley's goals and Jimmy Dimmock missed a penalty for the Londoners. Uh, the remaining two matches prior to the Second World War were both 1-1 draws. Uh, there was a home draw uh, to Spurs in 1933 and then we drew 1-1 at Sheffield United in 1937. Our only match of the 1940s was a 2-0 away win. That was at Chelsea in 1948. But Burnley lost the only match on this date in the 1950s. That was a 2-1 defeat at Sunderland in 1954. On to the 1960s, and there was again just the one match, but that was an emphatic 6-2 Burnley win over Chelsea at Turf Moor in 1965. Incredibly, five of those goals were scored by Andy Lockhead, with Willie Irving, who else, scoring the other. Into the 1970s, and Burnley had one win and three defeats in that decade. The win was in the penultimate match of the 1972-73 season, as we beat Luton Town at Turf Moor on the way to the second division title. And of the losses, one was yet another cup defeat to Newcastle United, at 2-1 in the Texaco Cup final in 1974, uh, as well as a 3-0 defeat at Coventry City in 1976. Uh, that will be our last taste of top flight football for 33 years. Uh, in 1982, we beat Bristol City at Turf Moor 2-0. They were managed by a slightly more youthful Roy Hodgson, aged just 34. Um, after a 0-0 draw at Halifax in 1990, we suffered a 4-0 defeat at Fulham in 1993. But the four matches since then have all been Burnley wins. We won 4-1 at Stoke in 1999 and then earned a vital 3-2 away win at Brentford a year later as we continued our push for automatic promotion. The run continued with a 2-1 home win over Tranmere in 2001, which just leaves the last match. That's going all the way back, uh, 70, uh, sorry, 18 years ago, isn't it? 2004, mm. uh, which was a 1-0 home win over Derby County. That was thanks to a goal from Graham Branch. Uh, so to summarise, Burnley have won nine, uh, drawn six and lost seven of 22 previous matches on this date, with 37 goals for and 30 against. Excellent stuff. Scouting report! Uh, well, that marks the end of our history section, Dave, so why don't you bring us bang up to date with the present, starting with our scouting report. Yeah, manager Bruno Large is one of a rapidly diminishing group of Premier League managers who started the season and remain in charge as we approach the last few games of the campaign. Prior to the weekend, Wolves were in 8th place on 49 points from 32 matches and with a game in hand on West Ham, they may still fancy their chances of a 7th place finish. Uh, since we previewed the reverse fixture, that was a goalless draw at Molyneux at the start of last December, their only incomings in the Jan January transfer window were relatively low-key. Uh, they brought in 21-year-old Portuguese left-winger uh, Chiquinho for approximately £3 million, uh, 19-year-old Korean right-winger Sang Bin Jeong for about a million, um, and also 26-year-old Japanese central midfielder Hayo Kawabi for approximately half a million. Uh, they suffered a 1-0 defeat against Newcastle United at St James's Park in their last Premier League match and played in a 3-4-3 formation. Uh, that seems to be the most common um, formation for them to use, although they have 
also lined up in a 3-5-2 on occasions. Uh, against Newcastle United, they had Jose Sarr in goal, a back three of Connor Cody, along with Willie Bolly and Max Kilman. Uh, Marcel and Castro played as wing-backs, with Kundal and Matinho as defensive midfielders. Uh, up front, Fabio Silva took a central role, flanked by Hechang Wang and Francisco Trincao. Um, Wolves have spread the goals around this season, as despite their position in the league table, no one has scored more than Raul Jimenez in the Premier League, as he has six. And he's now served a suspension for a sending off, and will be available this weekend. In terms of FPL points, goalkeeper Jose Sarr has had a very good season and has accumulated 137 points, helped by 11 clean sheets. Uh, Nick Pope, incidentally, now has eight clean sheets. Uh, next up uh, in second place for them in terms of FPL points is Connor Cody with 126, and Max Kilman and Romain Sice both have 106 each. <clears throat> in terms of injuries, uh, Ruben Neves, Daniel Podence and Max Kilman all appear to be ruled out. Uh, thanks once again in terms of injuries to Ben Dinnery and Jason McKenna at PremierInjuries.com as their information is used as the main source for the injury updates in our preview show. Good stuff. Yes, thank you for Premier Injuries. Um, we've heard what we think about our visitors this weekend, but for balance, we do like to give you views from our opposition as well. So this week, we spoke to Stu from the Wolves Fancast for our Opposition View. Opposition View! Hello guys, it's Stu from the Fancast back again for our biannual disappointment against Burnley, which, looking at our past fixtures, didn't change this season, did it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, from our point of view, won the first one back in September 2018 and then lost, drawn, drawn, lost, lost, drawn. So, to say that you're our bogey team is a bit of an understatement. I mean, you share that with... Huddersfield from a few years ago and Brighton and a few other teams um, but yeah you, you've you definitely had the number over us I mean, hopefully for us that's over now that Sean Dyche is not there um, but which I, I presume that you want me to say something about it so it seems mental from the outside looking in I don't watch Burnley every week obviously I watch you when, when you're on telly um, and it didn't seem to have been that different really Um but then people said that to us about Nuno and that we were mad to get rid of him and it was all, it was asking for trouble and we've pushed on without him and we've been a better team. But with the games left, it seems odd, unless there has been a falling out, which who knows. Um, but yeah, well, we'll see. This I'm recording this on the afternoon of the, before the Southampton fixture for you lot, so I've obviously got no context for that. Um, but everyone, I mean, we look, we're... We've still got a chance of top six and European finish, but everyone looking at the fixtures, we've got Chelsea, we've got Man City, we've got Liverpool, but we've also got Burnley and Brighton and teams that we struggle against. And we're as, as apprehensive against you on Sunday as we are against playing them lot because it's Wolves and that's what we do. And you've had our number over and over again. I mean, especially the 4-0 from last season was... Ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and you were great that day, as I mentioned earlier in the season. But yeah, it was. I mean, that nil-nil in December wasn't exactly awe-inspiring, was it? To be honest. Um, and I can see it being quite tight again. I mean, we still don't know if we've got Neves back um, from his injury. They said between four to eight weeks. We saw him in training, looking like Batistuta with his long hair. Um, 
if he was moving or not, who knows, but the club tend not to tease things like that, so hopefully he's back, or at the very least, uh, Leander de Dunker, because against Newcastle we had Giamatino, who's obviously 35 years old now, um, and a young kid called Luke Kundal in midfield, and that was it. And we were overran, um, predictably, and it was a really, really bad performance. So... We need to get back amongst things. I mean, Raul Jimenez is back from suspension. Um, but again, we haven't scored many goals this season. Um, we've got the best performing keeper in the league in Jose Sar statistically. And that says everything. You will have chances against us because that's the way this Wolves team plays now. And we do give up chances and he has saved us more than a few times. And Vegust, to me, looks like a handful and we don't deal with Teams who have handfuls up front, uh, which you've done to us in the past with Chris Wood, obviously not there now. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to call. I mean, if I was, if it gun to my head, I'd say probably nil nil one one. I just can't see it being either team being at it, and especially that being us, which again is mental to say. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I think as with the vast majority of fans in in the Premier League especially and in the country as a whole everyone wants Everton relegated you can't spend 500 million quid and, and be in the bottom half the table let alone in a relegation fight and it serves them right and hopefully you get, you've you already won the game against Southampton and you can have an, a, a day off against us and we're going to get something at last um, it's been a long time coming going to Turf more and being happy on the way home so yeah, hopefully it's a, it's a decent game and the atmosphere is um, is not as toxic as it, it seems. Looking at Twitter and the ownership model there seems all a bit weird. Um, again, that's a Premier League problem, isn't it? But more said about that, the better. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's a good game. So, and hopefully stay up because for all our kind of our bad luck and how we don't turn up against Burnley, I always like going to Turf Moor. It's a great place to go. Great people, as I've said before. So, yeah, hopefully you stay up, just not this weekend. <laughs> so hopefully I'll see, speak to you next season. Cheers, lads. Okay, Dave, hit me up with some referee stats, please. Right, yes, we've got on Sunday, uh, it's just the second time we've had Anthony Taylor taking charge of a Burnley match this season. Uh, he was in the middle for our 1-0 home defeat to Arsenal back in September and continued a sequence which now stands at six matches without a Burnley win. Uh, we've drawn three and lost three, with all of the last three all being defeats, and they were all at Turf Moor. Uh, Burnley have won some Premier League matches with Anthony Taylor in charge, and all three uh, were at Turf Moor. Uh, there was a memorable 3-2 win over Crystal Palace. Uh, that was in November 2016. There was an emphatic 4-0 win over Bournemouth in September 2018. And then a 2-1 comeback win over Leicester City in January 2020. Um, he's yet to brandish a red card in 22 previous Burnley games. And we'll be hoping it stays that way on Sunday. Uh, finally, for this section, Mike Dean will be the video assistant referee this Sunday. Good stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave. I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you dive deep, deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, yeah, this week's stat uh, relates to um, Burnley's position in the 
in the season, if you will. Um, so with six games left to play, um, I wanted to take a look back at how our points total at this stage compares with our previous Premier League seasons. Uh, we now have 28 points from 32 games, which is more than we had in either of the two seasons we were relegated. Uh, in 2009-10, we had 24 points at this stage, and in 2014-15, we had 26. Uh, however, last season, and also in 2018-19, uh, we had five points more. We had 33 points at this stage, and in 2016-17, uh, we had 36. Uh, way out in front, though, are 2019-20, when we finished 10th, uh, we had 45 points after 32 games. And in 2017-18, that was the best of the lot. Uh, we ended up finishing 7th. We had a very impressive 49 points at this stage, which is 21 ahead of where we find ourselves in the current campaign. Oh, I really shouldn't listen to your stats with things like this, Dave. I don't know whether to get absolutely terrified or take heart or just uh, take them with a pinch of salt. It's always very scary. Um how are you feeling then ahead of the game at the weekend? Talk me through where Statman Dave's head is. Um, I think it'll be a tougher game than Thursday. I think Southampton were on paper, and as it turned out, uh, were, were, were not a pushover, but they, they were um, they were a lot... In, in terms of difficulty, they didn't really put up as much no. of a fight as you would have expected them to. I True. think they've been on a poor run. They had a good win against Arsenal. Before that, they were on a, a, a terrible run and they kind of continued that against us. Um, I think we played well, but they, they didn't play well and that helped us. Um, I think Wolves will be a different prospect. I think that will be a more difficult game on Sunday. Um, they maybe will be a little bit more aware of how we played on Thursday. That might be have a bearing on how they set up and play. Um, not sure you can necessarily suss teams out so quickly with a um, a change of, of, of regime or management, um, but they'll have certainly take a note of that and they may well reflect that in the way they play. So I think it might be more slightly more difficult from that point of view. Um, I think it'll be a toughie. I think it'll be a, a tough game um, and it certainly won't be um, as much of a pushover as it was on uh, on Thursday evening. Do you think, surely we take a lot of heart though from the drive and the commitment and the positivity around the club though. I don't expect them to be nervy again. I expect them to, to really go for it. Yeah, I mean, Southampton had a really good chance early on, didn't they? Had that um, uh, free header. Oh, of uh, course, free, first 10 minutes. It, it was inches wide. If that had gone in, then that might have had a different reflection on things. But um, it, it didn't, and as it panned out, it, it, I mean, there was another one later on, wasn't there? There was another header that um, uh, that, that went just wide as well. Um, so we need to be a little bit careful from, from that perspective. But, yeah, I think we've, if, if, if we can... Um, take that momentum into the game, uh, play with a bit more freedom. Um, but also, we need to be very wary and keep it tight at the back. So I think mm. um, Wolves have got the sort of players who can get in behind and uh, we need to be um, really at it. I think um, Nathan Collins has come into the side. He's, he's hard to believe he's still only 20. He yeah. also scored a goal, but also defensively, um, he sort of stepped up. And he's got that partnership now with uh, James Tarkovsky. We obviously don't have Ben Mee in the side, but he's kind of seamlessly come in and, and stepped in and done really well in that respect as well. So hopefully he can uh, build on that on Sunday. And, you know, we have a, a, a solid back line, but also a bit more freedom going forward as well. 
There you go. It's that word again, Dave. Freedom. That's what we keep hearing from everybody. Um, Mike Jackson obviously has been confirmed has been in charge again, so that the quartet will be on the touchline, um, which I think is the right thing to do right at this moment in time. I personally can't see a manager coming in now before the end of the season, but let's see what next week brings. Um, do you want to finish us off with a score prediction, please, Dave? Um, I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Why? We're at home. We've got to win. We've got to win these games and get these points on the board, Dave. When was the last time we won two home games in a row? I do not know. You're a statistician, Dave, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not for a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of answer I gave ages. Um, but, you know, it needs most. We're absolutely desperate. I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to predict a 2-1 win to the Clarets. Um, listeners, you know the drill by now, please. We want your score predictions ahead of Sunday. We want the goal line. We want uh, who scored and we want to know how they scored, please. You can tweet us at Nona Never. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at nonanever.net. Fantasy Premier League update. Uh, moving on then, Dave. I believe uh, it's Friday evening, which means that the FPL tables have been updated. Hey, and that means we can finally give some up, up some updates following um, the conclusion of game week thirty three. I believe uh, we can. Yes, we weren't sure when we were going to be recording. We've toyed with the idea of maybe doing a late one on Thursday after the game, but that wasn't practical. So yeah, we've left it till Friday, and that does mean that we've got the uh, the good news that we've got the um, uh, the update because it, the uh, hours was the last game in game week thirty three, and it means that the tables have all been updated. So yes, would you like a, a countdown of our top ten? I absolutely would love that, please. Because I did say we would do top tens from now to the end you of the did. season, just you to keep us did. in the loop. So we have got in tenth place uh, a climber is Jaden Fitton. We've got uh, in joint eighth uh, we've got Chris Horner and Jack Toner. Uh, up to seventh is Will Cooper. Had a very good week, 116 points. That's a really good week. Uh, Deck Clark is a non-mover in sixth place. Jacob Satwell's down to fifth. Uh, our own Adam Dennett is a non-mover in fourth. Uh, we've then got Ursay in third. And then we've got a change. Well, I'll say a change at the top. Um, I think it's more on a tiebreaker because they've both got the same number of points. Uh, we've got Luke Lambert, who was the leader, now the joint leader, uh, and in second on a, a tiebreak uh, on 2,221 points. And then also on 2,221 points is... Tall Paul. Oh, that's a name that's come back to us. Yeah, he's been he's been a regular in our fantasy Premier League for a good few seasons. Now a gentleman I know, I have met. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Is he tall? He is indeed very tall. Yeah. That said, I'm very short, so <laughs> an average sized person is very tall to me. So that maybe don't, don't read too much into that. But yes, he is very tall. Um what about our April Manager of the Month competition then? I feel like oh, ages yes. since we had one of these. Yes, well, we've got, well, I think we're going to have two more weeks because this week definitely is in April. Um, and then next Saturday's in April, and there are games going into Sunday and Monday, which are in May. But I think because it starts in April, they'll count as well. So there's still kind of two full game weeks. So there's still things that can change between now and then. Mm. Uh, we've got a leader so far with 250 points. Uh, leading the way is David Entwistle as our leader um, for April, closely followed by Callum Woodhead on 242, 
Um, and Lee Banks is in third place on 230. So we'll have to see how that pans out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Do keep going, listeners, because, of course, there is a prize for our Manager of the Month, and that is the highly coveted never sticker. Um, what about the FPL Cup then? What is that still a thing? I don't really know what's going on with that. Well, it is for those who are left in. That's not uh, you and me. Um, okay. We've narrowed it down now to just 32 teams, which is, well, it's still too many to read out on here, but we will read the uh, fixtures out after this week when we're able to, um, but that will depend on recording timescales because obviously if we're recording and the game week hasn't been completed, then we won't have the finalised tables or the finalised cup draw to be able to do. And I think we're going to be in a situation next week probably when we can't do that either. I think we'll have to have a maybe get Adam back on and get some more uh, FPL content because we won't be able to do our, our usual FPL updates. Good stuff. Um, what about the latest team of the week then? Who are the players we should have had in our teams if we wanted to get max points? Well, uh, the theoretical best team of the week would have been worth uh, 169 points. Uh, that's even without the double points of the captain, because you've obviously got to choose one of those to be a captain. Uh, the best score of any manager, that's out of the 9 million plus people who've entered across the country and the world, uh, was 158. And the average was 61. Uh, so well done if you got more than the average, which I guess should be the uh, the benchmark maybe each week. Uh, anyway, here's the best 11 from last week, including... Drum roll, three, Bur- three Burnley players. No, yeah. wow. Well, we had a double game week, didn't we? So oh, yeah, of course, that's true. But this was the uh, team in a 3-5-2 formation. Uh, Fraser Forster was in goal. We had a back three, including uh, three, uh, two Burnley defenders out of the three, uh, who were the two who scored on, uh, on Thursday evening. So we had uh, Connor Roberts and Nathan Collins in there. And along with them was um, Bednarek of Southampton. So we've got Southampton players uh, coming into the uh, the team as well. We had a midfield five, which was um, uh, Bruno Guimares of uh, Newcastle, uh, Salah of Liverpool again, uh, Mares of Manchester City, uh, another Burnley player, Josh Brownhill, got in there, got a couple of assists, didn't he? That helped his uh, score. Uh, and along with Sadio Mane. And then the front two were Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Eddie Nketiah of Arsenal. That was Ooh. our uh, 11. I think the highest scoring of all... Oh, it's not a Burnley player. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes of uh, Newcastle was the uh, highest scorer with 20 points. Good stuff. God, it feels like ages since we've been through all of this stuff. Um well, there is another Thursday match in this game week, so we may have to give the FPL League updates a miss when we record the Watford preview on Thursday, which does tend to be our usual recording day. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to bring you another day, update though the following week, so just stay tuned and we will let you know and bring you news as we can. Statman Dave's quiz question. But before we let our lovely listeners go, Dave, we've got a quiz question that we need to address, please. Uh, Yeah, this week's quiz question is related to a milestone which was reached by one Burnley player this week. Uh, Jay Rodriguez reached a milestone this week when he played his 200th league game for Burnley across both of his spells at the club. But who were the opposition when he played his first ever league match for the Clarets and what was the year? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Mm. I'm going to have a think about that and I'm going to submit my answer straight after this recording day. But why don't you let our listeners know how they submit their answers, please, correct or otherwise? 
Yeah, the usual methods. You can tweet us or send us a direct message, preferably on Twitter. That means that no one else sees your answer. That's at never on Twitter. You can use our dedicated email address we've now got for the preview show, which helpfully is previewshow at knownanever.net. Or you can also reply to the post for this preview show on either the Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Good stuff. Um the answer to this quiz question will be revealed at the start of our next preview show, which will look ahead to another vital match next weekend when we play Watford at Vicarage Road. And that episode episode should be available to listen to next Friday. Um, any community news then, Dave, before we go? Uh, nothing much new other than a reminder for people. The um, Claret's Food Bank collections, they're going to be out in force around the ground uh, prior to the match on Sunday. So remember to bring a tin for the bin if you're able to. Tin for the bin. Yes, please do that. Um, I think that is everything then, Dave. I think we can let our listeners go. Uh, my thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to getting this out in the air. To Stu from the Wolves podcast for providing us with an opposition view. To Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt for getting this out there, and of course to Dave Roberts for getting all of these stats together and bringing you another entertaining and completely action-packed preview show. Last but by no means least, you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. We will be back uh, midweek for reaction to those two home games against um, Southampton and Wolves. And then Dave and I, as we said, will be back next Friday for the next preview show. So do take care of yourselves and your loved ones in the meantime. I've been Ackley Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.